Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB and, of course, our 24-7 comprehensive coverage of all things women's basketball at High Post Hoops. And somebody who we've written about in just about every way it is possible. We've written about her on the court, off the court, winning three-point contests at the All-Star Game, everything. But now this is new. This is writing about a horse competition. I guess these are new times, so that goes along with it, is Allie Quigley, who joins us now. Allie, thanks for taking the time to chat. No problem. Thanks for having me. The place I'd love to start is when this was first announced, it was fairly obvious that you can or should have been the favorite. And you had the, uh, let's say, confidence to go along with that, telling Madeline Kenny of the Chicago Sun-Times uh, that you were going to tell everyone, you know, who's going to come in second, to paraphrase Larry Bird. Is this because of your background growing up playing in a basketball family and playing horses often as you did that you knew this would be right in your wheelhouse? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that any kind of shooting comp- competition I feel confident in, and uh, especially, you know, right here in my backyard, feel confident, feel comfortable, and uh, as long as you keep control, you kind of get to dictate how the competition goes. So I was feeling pretty good about it, but I just really wanted to just have fun with it. You have essentially unlimited range on the court in terms of your shot, and what I thought was interesting, and we're recording this after uh, the first round uh, aired, the victory over Chris Paul, but before uh, America's seen the rest of uh, the competition, uh, is that you didn't necessarily use that to your advantage. You uh, took a number of free throws with the bank shot, uh, obviously the very famous sitting down shot as well. And I'm curious, when you evaluate how you're going to take what shot, how do you put, how'd you put them in order and you know what was the thought process that went through it? Uh, I think you want to, I was thinking a combination of, you know, difficult shots, fun shots for everyone watching, and then, you know, just some basic ones that you know you're going to make just to keep some pressure on him to make shots. So, uh, of course, I wanted to get a little bit farther out. I think I shot maybe one three and one right in front of the three-point line, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit different outside with uh, just the wind and just that kind of perception factor because even days prior I was shooting you know, longer shots and the wind picks up even like one second, all of a sudden you're airballing. So right. it wasn't the highest percentage shot outside. <laughs> <laughs> so I I just have to point out then your highest skill of really all the skills you bring to bear on basketball is your perimeter shooting. You were still able to win this despite wind essentially putting that to the side. I mean, do you think that speaks well of the variety of game that you bring to the floor? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know uh, outside shooting and, you know, the long shots are kind of what I'm known for, but I know I can get a little bit creative inside without using too much athleticism, uh, <laughs> just with floaters and just having good touch around the rim. So I know I have a little bit of both. So the camera person that I was watching when I was watching uh, the show on ESPN looked very familiar 
uh, <laughs> and to a lot of basketball fans. I just wonder, uh, you know, what, what the conversation's been like. Well, of course, it was Courtney Vandersloot. And, and what that conversation has been like at home uh, as you've been getting ready uh, to go do this. And uh, Courtney obviously uh, has a substantial basketball resume as well and, and what role she's played in getting you ready. Uh, I mean, she was just there, you know, rebounding for me and giving me different ideas for which kind of shots I could do. Uh, she was a little bit more brave with her ideas, but um, so I didn't use all of them. Mm-hmm. But she was definitely there to let me know when uh, now you should use that shot or, yeah, definitely use that one. So, and of course, she followed me around uh, shooting all all day long and just making sure she got all the the right angles. Do you, do you guys play one on one? I asked that question uh, on behalf of my daughter, who's one of many uh, young girls and women who watch this uh, watch this tournament uh, around the country. Uh, yeah, we definitely do for sure. We we've, we've been out there a couple times playing, and uh, but we have these cobblestones, so it's like we mm-hmm. slip a lot because there's dirt. There's like dirt in between the cobblestones. So we usually make like a dribble limit, like two dribbles or even one dribble, just so we're not doing too much moving out there. <laughs> I, I know this is a risky question to ask to somebody who's played you know, many games with my wife through the years as well, but who wins more of the time? Who are, you, are you prepared to say? Yes, I am. Um, to be honest, I've won more outside games, but she usually wins the inside games. Mm. She's pretty crafty and quick, so her footing's not too great out here, but... <laughs> And I don't need that kind of footing out here because I'm just shooting kind of over her. So. Understood. So it's like it's like in tennis, clay versus lawn court, yeah, versus grass courts. Yeah, yeah. Very. But in general, she probably she probably wins more. I do want to talk about what you think it meant. Listen, at the end of the day, it's horse. At the end of the day, it's a diversion, and and I understand that. But we don't often see the opportunity for women to go and play against men, and this wasn't just some guy, you know, this was Chris Paul, like you, you've talked about, the 10-time All-Star, uh, you know, just a tremendous basketball player in his own right. Do you, did you think about it in those terms that, you know, here was an opportunity uh, in a high-profile way for women to hold their own on the basketball court and, and come away with the win in that way? Uh, I didn't, like, too much, but now that it's, uh, we've done we're finished shooting and, you know, the competition is over. Yeah. I mean, that is something that's been huge. And that's a a lot of the positive feedback I've gotten was related to that, Mm -hmm. especially getting videos of, you know, young girls watching, jumping up and down in their living room, just glued to the television, just so excited that a girl beat Chris Paul. So um, that definitely hasn't been lost on me. And it's really cool that uh, that kind of positive feedback has been coming from this. And you know what's funny about it is that it expands the understanding of your game to potentially even a new audience. But of course, uh, my older daughter, who saw you win a three-point contest in person, as soon as she heard what the matchups were, she said, "Oh, Ali's going to win." You know, I, I mean, there's this <laughs> understanding about the level of play uh, that you bring to it on the shooting side. So it. It, it does strike me as, an, as a really interesting moment, not necessarily uh, Billie Jean King, Bobby Ridge, and in part because Chris Paul doesn't play that role either and, and is a supporter of yeah. women's basketball, but, um, but, but an opportunity for sure uh, you know, that I know people are looking forward to 
on Thursday for the next round as well. But for you as a as a basketball player right now, you've spoken about, uh, and you talked about this on the broadcast a little bit as well, trying to do a little something different every day. What would your immediate time coming back from overseas typically be for you working out, getting ready? And are, are you feeling at a certain point uh, a, a need or a way to replicate that uh, as much as possible in this very strange time. Yeah, uh, strange is definitely the right word, but I think usually it's about five days between the end of a European season and when the coach has us reporting for training camp. Mm-hmm. Usually we're late to training camp, so he'll give us right. about five to seven days. And in those days, uh, I really just take those five days to see my family and give my body the rest it needs. So. I try really not even to work out because I want to rest for those five days because it's about to be another season. But now, knowing that you don't really know when the season's going to start, if mm-hmm. it even is going to start, uh, it's a little bit different because maybe the intensity of your workouts aren't the same as if, let's say I knew it was going to be training camp April 26th, I'd be going a lot harder and actually in a gym or in a weight room, but uh, it's kind of hard to replicate that intensity at home or in front of the TV following a YouTube workout or even running outside. But I think I'm trying to balance uh, giving myself tough days here at home and then just kind of working out kind of for fun in a way, like going on a bike ride or just going on a light jog outside, doing some exercises here in the house, getting some shots up in the backyard. So it's kind of it's different, but just trying to make the best of it. Well, and, and I mean, it's a new experience for you to have an off-season whatsoever, right? I mean, relative mm-hmm. to the end of your collegiate career and playing overseas and having that sort of battle back and forth, in some ways you're getting to preview, it feels like, what a lot more WNBA players are going to get as the CBA rolls into fuller force, as there are, you know, over the next few years, gradual implementation of restrictions that lead to players being back for the start of training camp and really an off-season for the WNBA's best players. Do you do you feel a difference in your body uh, just by being able to do that? And do you feel like when the season comes around, hopefully soon, but we don't know, that you're going to be in a position, look, your, your shot from deep, everyone always talks about three-pointers coming from the legs. And so... I, I just I wonder whether you feel like, as odd as this is to say, but someone who makes as many shots as you do, if that's something that will even benefit that much more from your extra rest. Yeah, I mean, I think it could. It's just so hard to tell. Like, you just never know, I guess. Hmm. Uh, I mean, all I ever know is going from season to season. I think I just finished my 12th season overseas, and uh, I know rest is good for the body and everything, but I've always found myself to be like just in such good shape coming right from overseas to the WNBA and I still have that basketball shape uh I'm used to playing and you know playing with teammates like being off for eight months I feel like is good for some people and they enjoy that but I feel like seven months off from really playing basketball in a team setting is could be tough for tough for me to do just because I'm just so used to not doing it right so it would be it will be interesting to see if uh this time off is gonna help me I think it will just like pounding wise on the joints and whatnot Mm -hmm. but I don't know I think it also makes you a little bit rusty 
Fair enough. It'll, it will be fascinating, I think, all the way around. And then just given the time that we're in at this moment, I'm curious what, for, for you and Courtney, what, what's your daily routine like? You know, outside of even, you know, the occasional one-on-one games, whether they're indoor or outdoor, you know, what are you guys doing with your time? What, you know, what are you binging right now? And, um, you know, people are, I know are curious about what that life is like. Yeah, I mean, it's probably similar to a lot of other people right now. We're waking up, watching the news, drinking our coffee, making breakfast, uh, usually doing a workout sometime Mm mid-morning, lunch, uh, finding some kind of project to do around the house, like painting or uh, stripping uh, a dresser, um, cleaning the garage, finding new meals to cook. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, here what? and there, we'll, we'll drive to my family's house and just say hi to them, but without, like, you know, touching them and whatnot. Sure. But, What's the best new recipe you guys have found? Um, I like this, like, it's pretty simple, but she just puts, like, salsa and sour cream mm-hmm. on chicken, chicken, and then just puts it in the oven and... I really like the combination. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, it's so so simple, yeah. So for Chicago f- Sky fans, as a gesture of support, uh, should cook that as well. As a matter of fact, maybe maybe I will make that for dinner tonight, and we'll we'll have Vanderwood's chicken. It's really good. <laughs> Go <laughs> for it. <laughs> well, listen, Allie Quigley, I appreciate your time, and uh, everyone who doesn't know the results yet, um, myself included, will be pulling for you Thursday night. But uh, thanks for all you're doing and look forward to covering you in more normal circumstances soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.